we're delighted to have Senator John Gordner on the phone with us this morning. Senator, we really appreciate you taking the time to check in with us. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Good morning, Joe, and good morning, Steve. Hi, John. So tell me, Senator, Harrisburg is kind of in a mess right now with the protests. Are you going back to work? Is the Senate going back to work? Is the state uh, going to take any measures to protect you guys down there? Uh, well, we are not in session this week, uh, either the House or Senate, and that's largely because of the primary being tomorrow. Uh, as I believe you know, we were in session all of last week, both the House and Senate, and uh, accomplished quite a lot in regard to budget and federal CARES Act. We are both supposed to go back on June the 8th. Uh, I'm actually headed down to Harrisburg uh, late tomorrow afternoon. We did receive uh, emails this morning from uh, the Capitol Police, making sure that we are cautious and maybe use the parking garage because there was some damage done to a couple of Capitol Police cars over the weekend, as well as I think two officers were injured. So there is caution going there as well. With, with respect to uh, the Senate and the work going on in Harrisburg and, of course, the election, as you point out, the primary is tomorrow, are you satisfied with the way the primary is shape, shaping up with respect to ballots and, uh, you know, the debate about whether or not people ought to go to the polls or whether they ought to cast um, mail-in ballots? Do you have a feeling for that? Well, I think we'll see after tomorrow. I do, I think I just saw that we're one of eight States that are having primaries tomorrow, so we're not the only one that's that's having them. So uh, they're they're occurring across the country. As you see, there's a I don't know a 700 percent increase in the number of absentee ballots as a result of uh, the law that we passed uh, with bipartisan support last year, and of course the the COVID-19. And it's worked out well. Folks that are uncomfortable with going to the election places uh, have that option. I can tell you my father took advantage of that. Uh, He's always shown up in person. My mother-in-law took advantage of it, but uh, my wife and I will be going to our local polling place. The the question will be whether there will be results tomorrow evening or on Wednesday with the uh, large number of ballots. The provisions that we passed do allow them to start counting uh, tomorrow morning, so uh, they can do that. Uh, I know a number of counties have bought machines that specifically uh, handle them in a quicker fashion, but uh, the question will be whether we'll know results in the few races out there where there are uh, contested primaries, whether we'll know those results tomorrow or not till Wednesday. Well, going to the fall, you know, if, if you're not satisfied with the way this shakes out, is there a chance that there will be some additional changes before the fall election? Uh, the uh, easy and short answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, shift gears for a minute. State functions. You know, we've talk, talked to you at the beginning of all this pandemic about the uh, breakdown, if you will, of some of the state functions, particularly unemployment compensation and the hotlines. Uh, there have been issues about the, the state stores, whether they should be open. Uh, you know, are you satisfied now? I mean, have you worked any more with the governor? Are you satisfied with how things are going, or do you see the need even after the fact or even right now to make some changes? and state government? Uh, Look, uh, the unemployment comp system was a disaster. Uh, There are still problems uh, with the system. Um, I mean, there's a huge, huge increase. We we saw numbers that we've never seen, uh, even two and three times higher 
of the number of, of people filing claims as it was back in 2008-2009. So some of it is understandable, but when you largely have computer systems that uh, date back to the 70s, you know you're going to have problems. Now, there's supposed to be a, a new system that's going to be up and running come October that's about three or four years in the making, and, and we'll see. Uh, I think in regard to state stores, um, look, uh, 49 states uh, had access to uh, liquor and alcohol and those sorts of things. Pennsylvania did not. Uh, that's all because of the governor's doing. I think people became very comfortable going to uh, grocery stores and other convenience places in order to buy beer and, and wine, and I think there's going to be a renewed discussion as to whether uh, our archaic system should be fully replaced with what the 49 other states have. Are they? Are any of the stores doing uh, unlimited in-store service at the moment, or are they still? Is it still based on the county where they're doing business? Uh, I do believe in uh, green counties. There is pretty well returning back to normal uh, business. Uh, they may be limiting the amount of people that are in at any given time, but uh, I'm not sure what's happening there in Snyder and in Montour. But I thought they were going back to pretty normal business other than making sure that there's a set limit of folks in the store at any given time. We're talking to 27th District State Senator John Gordner from up in Columbia County. And, uh, John, you're still yellow up there, right? We are yellow at the moment, but I'll tell you what, our numbers are outstanding. I think in the last, uh, last seven days we've had a total of five new cases. I fully expect uh, when the governor announces the next uh, group of green folks that Columbia will go green uh, in a week. Uh, Representative Mosser, Representative Culver, and I just uh, are signing on to a letter to the governor asking that Northumberland go green as well. So we're hopeful those numbers are a little different, but there's still, I think in the last week, there's been 22 uh, folks in total in Northumberland County. But when you look at the overall number of folks there, are, you know, 22 is point zero zero something. So uh, I think it's time for all of our local counties to be in the green. Yeah, I know Senator Yaw, your compatriot, would like to see uh, Union County move to the green as well. And, of course, up there, they are uh, Chairman Boop of the county commissioners is suggesting that if you want to open up, you ought to go ahead and do it, even though the governor has not yet moved them to the green. Um, are there any counties around the state that you're aware of that are defying the governor's orders at this point? I think Lebanon is the, uh, the most prominent one. Uh, they, the uh, county commissioners down there and uh, the DA and other folks and the uh, state legislators uh, basically have said uh, that folks uh, should do whatever they're comfortable with regardless of, of what uh, the governor has designated them. So I think they're the most openly defiant at the moment. Is the governor doing any better on communications with the legislature? Uh, not necessarily in regard to communications. I mean, I can say that we... You know, we passed a $26 billion budget last week, which he signed. Uh, we passed a uh, $2.6 billion Federal CARES Act uh, with bipartisan support uh, uh, that he signed. And I, I say he signed both of them and actually was involved in the uh, negotiation of both of them. So that was a good and smooth process. 
But all eyes are going to be upon him this week because his 90-day emergency declaration expires, I think, on June 4th. And uh, the House, late last Thursday night, took up a concurrent resolution which would basically uh, end part of it as it relates to businesses. So uh, the Senate is not in this week. We're going to wait and see what he does in regard to extending. We certainly believe he's going to do an extension. Uh, I really don't believe he's going to do a 90-day one. So whether he does a 30-day one, whether he limits it in some way, uh, that'll tell. But what he does this week in regard to a new emergency declaration is going to be telling as to what we do when we return on June the 8th. He hasn't signaled anything in particular at this point that he's likely to do, right? Uh, he has not been specific, as has been often case, but uh, he has indicated that he is going to extend it. He just hasn't said for how long and to what degree. And he hasn't talked to you folks about that, I guess. Nope. Nope. Well, let's talk a bit about the COVID-19 virus. There's been a lot of talk uh, in Harrisburg over the fact that a member of the state house tested positive and supposedly the Democrats weren't notified. Uh, we had uh, Attorney General Shapiro on the program Friday. He said that uh, despite the fact that one state representative has called for a criminal investigation, that none is warranted. How do you folks in the Senate feel about what's happened there? Well, I thought it was further interesting. Uh, the, you know, the governor finally did a live press conference on Friday. He's been doing all sort of where, where his staff has been hand-picking him, him questions and there's been no opportunity for follow-up. So Friday is the first time in three months, I guess, that he's had a live one. And that certainly uh, was questions that were posed both to him and Secretary Levine. And I thought it was very telling, especially Secretary Levine as well as what her office put out. And the office put out... Uh, what the office put out was what the House Republican Caucus did, followed CDC and uh, Pennsylvania Department of Health guidelines in regard to uh, keeping the name of the person private, uh, which the Department of Health has insisted should be done, and uh, in regard to the contact tracing, uh, going back uh, 48 hours before the symptoms uh, kicked in and notifying those folks that you were within close contact uh, with and they describe close contact as within 10 feet and uh, it appears that the uh, with all, all the yelling and screaming and uh, f-bombs that uh, representative sims used in his uh, facebook video that uh, the house republican leadership whoever was contacted uh, followed the cdc and pennsylvania department of health guidelines having said that uh, joe scarnati our senator senate pro tem is taking a look at uh, how we might do it oh, because we have the same guidelines as the House adopted and they followed what the House adopted rules were despite the uh, yelling by the uh, House Democratic leadership. It was the rules that were adopted back in March. You're not aware of anybody in the Senate who's tested positive, are you? I am not aware of any members, no, but there have been uh, staff people uh, in the past uh, going back to uh, March. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the first virtual session that we had, uh, we couldn't have some of our uh, staff, uh, leadership staff, as well as the uh, parliamentarian there because they were told, they were never told, by the way, who this Senate Democratic staffer was, uh, but they were told that they were uh, 
within close proximity to this person and that uh, the person had symptoms. Uh, as it turned out, the person ended up being negative, but uh, we went through that process in March without being told who the person was and uh, people quarantined themselves, but then the, the result was negative. But there's been no uh, members uh, that we have been told in the Senate that has been uh, positive. Well, these rules seem very well-intentioned, uh, HIPAA and all the other, uh, you know, non-disclosure type legislation that's to protect people's privacy. But in a pandemic like this, aren't, isn't the common good for the whole public, shouldn't that take some kind of precedence over an individual's right to privacy? Don't we have a right to know where the person was who was infected and, uh, you know, what, what they were doing prior to that time so that we can make adjustments to our our own uh, schedules and our own uh, proximity to these places? Well, again, it's been uh, incredibly ironic, uh, all the yelling and screaming that took place last week uh, when you have uh, Secretary Levine and the Department of Health uh, saying the exact opposite over the last couple of months, uh, not wanting to disclose specific information, not wanting to disclose specific areas, uh, etc. Uh, we have passed legislation in the, in the Senate, which the administration apparently uh, is not supportive of that would provide more detailed information to our EMS folks, uh, you know, people that um, get called, uh, get a call into 911 and uh, you're reporting to um, 300 Market Street and, you know, shouldn't those folks be notified whether there's someone at 300 Market Street that has been uh, tested positive and we have passed legislation along those lines. Uh, again, ironically, the, uh, the House Democrats and Senate Democrats have been opposed to, uh, the, to that information as being uh, too, too much information. But we think, especially in regard to those first responders, that they should be aware of whether someone might be positive in the house that they're headed to. Well, you mentioned, and we, I realize we're running short on time for you and you have other obligations, but um, you mentioned the governor signed the budget you passed. Let's talk a bit about finances in the state. Is there going to be enough money coming in to cover that budget, and what's the state forecast for the next five or six months in terms of revenue? Yeah, so our budget for 2019-2020 uh, was a little over $34 billion dollars. Uh, at the moment, we certainly feel that we're going to be falling several billion dollars short uh, for the year. But uh, some of that is as a result of uh, the governor postponing the due date for personal income taxes from April 15th to July 15th, which goes into the new budget year. The budget that uh, we just passed uh, this past week and that the governor signed is about, uh, let's see, it's just under $26 billion, uh, so that's $8 billion less, and we certainly have the monies in order to cover that. Uh, we do have uh, the Independent Fiscal Office. They uh, actually were a little optimistic in regard to their projections. They think uh, the numbers for 2021 are just going to be about $2 billion short of, of what we brought in this year. I think that may be optimistic, but we'll see. But what we did with this budget was basically level fund uh, everything, and we provided five months of funding for the overwhelming number of line items. But we did provide 12 months of funding uh, for school districts, uh, for um, early education, 
uh, for higher education, as well as for uh, food type of programs. Well, we wish you good luck because I think from a financial standpoint, it's going to certainly be challenging. Is there anything you'd like to add to our conversation this morning that I didn't ask you? No, if you saw the press releases, uh, we did uh, pass legislation in regard to about 2.6 of the Federal CARES Act. And uh, each of the counties are getting a pot of money. Uh, Northumberland County is getting $8.2 million. Uh, even Snyder County is getting $3.6 million. So they have uh, a lot of decisions to make as to how that money is driven out to people in their district. I personally called um, you know, Sam uh, Shikitano and uh, Joe Kantz, the, the chairs of the committee, to let them know that those monies uh, will be coming over the next week or two and that they start to plan. Uh, they can use it for increased cost of COVID, small business assistance, tourism assistance, uh, can drive it out to municipalities, nonprofit organizations, and broadband deployments. So uh, it's a good, good amount of money coming to the Valley and hope it's, it's used in a good way. We'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. Senator John Gordner, 27th District Senator, State of Pennsylvania, thank you so much for taking the time to call us this morning, John. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Take care, John. Bye.